When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is September 21st, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Hunter Green, seven innings pitch, one and run, three hits, one walk, 14 strikeouts, 45% CSW for a King Cole. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, just keep starting Hunter Green, okay? That's pretty much what this podcast is going to be like. We're just going to go through and be like, yeah, you're going to start him the next time or not. Kyle Bradish, he's been insane. I actually reviewed it a little bit earlier today. It was like a 413 E-Ray and a terrible whip and a 20% K-Ray through his first, I think, eight starts of the year, nine starts. And I was like, yeah, this isn't anything to be excited about. And then after that, I think over the last 18 games, it's a 2-5 ERA with like a .9 whip and 27% K rate. If you're wondering why, it's because of synchro enforcing relying fewer balls in play, which is a huge thing. That's pretty much the end of the day, how that is effective. Either foul balls or called strikes or whiffs on those three, really most of the former two. And that allows his slider to be a lot better. Curveballs are a lot more effective. That's a huge deal. And the sinker is getting more of those balls in play than four-seamers for Bradish, which I think is a big deal because the four-seamer just allows too much hard contact. It was the biggest negative on Bradish entering this year, and he entered the season with 40% usage or so on that. Dropped it down to about 20% sometimes, even uh, just five of them here. Only five four-seamers for Kyle Bradish as he dominated against the Astros. You love to see it. Kevin Gosman, ace is going to ace. Reed Demers, four innings and seven Ks and zero runs, but you need 96 pitches as he wasn't. Uh, efficient. Just 4 out of 11 slider strikes is really annoying. The curveball was fine, but really what happened here is they threw changeups down. They weren't the, uh, you didn't get a ton of strikes on it. It was about like 54% or something along those lines strike rate. I want to say like 65%. But because of that, it opened the lane for the four-seamer. That is what, how the Blakeson blueprint works. You throw four-seamers upstairs and you throw a change that goes underneath it, it looks deceptive and you don't know if that four-seamer is that changeup or not if you keep them on the same plane. That is what's going on here with Reed Detmer. So he had seven whiffs on the four-seamer upstairs. That's cool. Velocity's a little bit down. He does get the Rangers next, and I'm not going for that for Reed Detmer's. But it's something to monitor over the offseason with him if he's able to make that four-pitch mix work. And, of course, not get tired as the season goes on. I mean, he's young, so he's still developing that um, that longevity, uh, that stamina through the entire year. But you got to keep up at 95 miles per hour. You can't just be at 93, 94 doing this, Detmers. Hopefully, we even see a further improvement and go up to 96 next year. That would be so, so cool. I'd be so excited. Once again, everyone say, oh, no, Nick, not again. Not this whole Reed Detmers thing. And I understand. Um, but it will be one of those like, hey, why not? In like the 20th round. And that would be full. That would be fun. Sorry. Uh, full. Uh, Michael Kopech against the Nationals. One innings pitched as it was an opening Game and oh my god, it was a bullpen game. Okay, opener Michael Kobeck now, and it's so frustrating. I hate bullpen games so much. Reese Olsen against the Dodgers. I'll tell you all about that one. I do want to say mention, uh, sorry, say mention. I do want to mention first if you are a database engineer, we might have a full time position open for you. I'm serious. I uh, reach out to us. We were doing some amazing baseball things here at PitcherList, and we're looking for the right person who understands everything that we're doing and wants to be a part of it. If you are a database engineer, and want to do something in the baseball world instead of what you're doing now, reach out to me um, at infobypitcherless.com. We want to meet you. And uh, if you know someone who might be a good fit, come 
tell them about this position because we we have some exciting stuff we want to do. All right. Reese Olsen against the Dodgers. Six innings, one hundred run, two hits, two walks, and five Ks. He came through against the Dodgers. That is a gold star there. The sinker and four-seamer did not return a single whiff, but they stayed out of the way of the slider and the changeup. The slider did really well in this one, and they did most of the work. Uh, the changeup, yeah, okay. The changeup was all right. Um, I think he got away with this one, Reese Olsen, a little bit. He gets the Royals next, and I'm I'm in favor of that. Honestly, I mean, he just took down the Dodgers. He did get good fortune. Just two hits is kind of whatever. Uh, Michael King, my gosh, against the Jays. 40% CSW because Hunter Green exists. He didn't get a King Cole, but got the loss because it's dumb. Gosman. Seven innings, one earned run, five hits, zero walks, 13 strikeouts. I'm watching all of this game after I record this podcast, so go check that out on YouTube. But yeah, this is absolutely crazy. I haven't been as hyped for King as I have been, say, Cole Reagans. But honestly, you know, I, I kind of should be. His stuff is so fun. He's locating so well. He's moving east-west really effectively. Um, it's it's really cool. It, it's really, really fun. We got to obviously keep starting Michael King at this point. Merrill Kelly against the Giants. 6.2 innings, one earned run, three hits, three walks, and five strikeouts. Got the win. He did exactly what he's supposed to do, and we just keep going. We might see a, a extra start for Kelly. Gets the White Sox next. That's fine. But if the Diamondbacks are really proving that they need to get the wild card, I'm God, I can't speak words. If they're in the wild card hunt still, they have it now, but if they find themselves even for the last two games of the year, they might make it so that's Gallon and Merrill Kelly the last two starts. As of right now, it's Gallon for the last start and Merrill Kelly is not going in that last series. And they might want to do that if they have the wild card spot so he starts in the first game of the series. That is something definitely to monitor if you have Merrill Kelly, and it's not automatic drop after his next start against the White Sox. Adrian Hauser appeared to go and get a win for the Brewers against the Cardinals. Six innings, four Ks, one earned run. I mean, he's been kind of a Toby at this point. It's kind of wild. He was even one to two ticks down on everything, and it made it work. Uh, He'll get the Cardinals again. That's a coin flip to me, so... It's up to you. Uh, that's lots of shrugs to me. Uh, Christian Javier against the Orioles. 20 whiffs for a gallows pole. 11 strikeouts. Oh, my gosh. This is, what, the second start all gear that I'm like, hey, he did the thing. It's kind of funny. Uh, his slider, 70% strikes, 48% CSW, and his forcing with a 20% swing strike rate. Like, this is great, Javier. Thank you. But... Uh, Look, do it again versus the Mariners, and maybe I'll be just saying this. You know, I, I honestly do wonder. Javier could be the ultimate discount next year. And that sounds silly because you don't want to draft cherry bombs uh, for your drafts. Generally, I found. However, Christian Javier was really good with both of those pitches last year. And he didn't really have it for a long time now. If he actually found a tweak finally, then yeah, we know how good he can be. He was essentially top 20. Uh, entering this year with an expectation of 200 strikeouts. So if Christian Javier, I don't know, looks really good again versus the Mariners. I mean, he's still a cherry bomb. You cannot depend on this start repeating uh, for for another one. He only has 149 strikeouts despite going 194 in slightly fewer innings last year. That's what we're talking about with Christian Javier. Oh, boy. Okay. 
Josiah Gray against the White Sox, very strange here. If you think about Josiah Gray, to me, when he got traded to the Nationals, it was four seamers that allowed too many home runs, but have moments of getting whiffs, but really too many home runs and not really the pitch for him. And it was really about the slider and curveball developing, right? Those are the two pitches that if you can get enough strikes with those, he can be a stuff McNasty, that is two breaking balls and a bad fastball. It's essentially the Guardians mentality. Well, he went five innings, one run, five hits, three walks, and four Ks against the White Sox, got the win. What did he do? 73% sinkers and cutters. Yeah, what? 18 total breaking balls, and that includes the two sweepers, not even the slider and curveball. What? I mean, I think he just kind of had to blame it on the White Sox, honestly. It's weird. Baseball gods do this. I mean, three walks, five hits, four Ks, and five innings. You know, like, okay. Just kind of a strange approach. Josiah Gray's been trying to figure out something new. I honestly think it's a case where the Nationals don't really know what they want. They don't want him to do the Blake Snell blueprint. They hate it. They hate elevated fastballs, which is so ridiculous. Uh, so Josiah Gray's just trying to figure things out on his own. I literally think that's what's going on here. Um, you have other guys we got to talk about. I mean, Chase Anderson against the Padres, and I got it wrong. It was not the Fran- San Francisco starts that should be targeting all the Rockies. Clearly, San Diego starts. I'm an idiot. No, man, you can't be doing this. Uh, all right, we got all the guys to talk about. Kodai Senga, Aaron Nola, Bra- Bailey Ober, Yuri Perez, Bobby Miller, George Kirby, all of these guys. And of course, today and tomorrow's games. We're talking about all of that after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. Kodai Senga against the Marlins got the win. Six innings, two earned runs, seven hits, two walks, and three strikeouts, six whiffs. <sighs> the fork ball was bad. Two out of 18 whiffs and a sub-50% strike rate. We're okay with the sub-50% strike rate if he gets the whiffs with them, but he wasn't. So, that means it's four seamers and cutters that have to do all the work, and they did? Seven hits, two walks. He got singled out in this one. I, uh, but I mean, it's really because the forkball wasn't as good as we've seen. I'm glad he was able to maneuver around it. That's what aces do. Is Senga an ace? I guess so. He has been. I mean, I wonder if I was still doing the list if he would have gotten aces gonna ace by now because you obviously are just starting him. So yeah, we do that continuing on word. Uh, Seth Lugo uh, versus Rocky Road, six innings, two and runs, seven hits, two walks, and seven Ks. Yeah, it looks just like King Kodai Senga's, except we have strikeouts here. Against Rocky Road. Good stuff. Him versus Kyle Hendricks for the Spider-Man. I'm curious what you guys think. If you don't know the Spider-Man, it's who is the best Toby of the year. Um, of course, Toby Maguire being the best one, even though he spells it differently. Aaron Nola against Atlanta. He's been such a cherry bomb. So inconsistent. And here he is going against Atlanta. Obviously, we bench him, right? Six innings, two and runs, six hits, zero walks, six strikeouts. <laughs> He only threw 36% fastballs. Uh, Aaron Nola threw lots of curveballs and changeups. And 
here's the thing I've been wondering. This is this is just how I work. Is I I want to make it very clear that I don't take the time often to actually go in, find the data, and really have a whole on article about it. But my hypothesis now that I am curious that someone else will look at is Christopher Sanchez had a fantastic start against the against Atlanta, and he did so with a ton of changeups. And here comes Aaron Nola throwing. A ton of change-ups, 8 over 21 whiffs on it. The Phillies might have figured out, wait a second, how we beat Atlanta is change-ups. Maybe that's something. Maybe that is actually the real the real issue with Atlanta. It's just something to think about. A really good change-up pitcher. How have they fared against Atlanta this year versus guys that are more like slider, fastball, that kind of thing? Just something, just a thought. Okay, uh, he's a cherry bomb still, even against the Pirates next. I know, it's. I, it sounds crazy. Oh, he just did well against Atlanta. We're going to start him against the Pirates. It doesn't work like that. Aaron Nola, I hope you got it. Uh, the changeup hasn't been this good all year. Uh, Bailey Ober against the Reds. Five innings, two and runs, three hits, three walks, and three Ks. Pretty much a Bailey special. I mean, maybe another extra strike. I don't know, maybe one more inning. But really good Blake's on blueprint, four seamers up, and then changeups down. The big problem for Ober has been the secondary is not really doing enough for him. The changeups did enough. Now, slider and curveball were really bad. Curveball's been introduced by Bailey after going to the minors. He's been maybe throwing more of those to kind of add something else to the secondary mix because the changeup and slider weren't working. But the changeup was good enough, and that's fine with me. Uh, and we're going to keep going with Bailey Ober here. Granky does whatever. Yuri Perez limited to just about 70 pitches, three innings, two earned runs, three hits, three walks, two Ks. Honestly, I'm okay dropping Perez in all my leagues just because the leash is limited. And he's not, I mean, he could easily go like six innings at 75 pitches and just dominate in his next one. But just think of it as a cherry bomb in this way. He should be questionable start uh, moving forward. Uh, and I actually even said this, I should probably lower him to probable start. But really, it's questionable because we just don't know how long he's going to go. So uh, it's also really annoying to see a ton of foul balls on his four-seamer. That really was the reason why he was so inefficient. Normally throwing 70 pitches for Yuri Perez is about four hitting five. And we saw 17 foul balls on his four-seamer, which means that there was 25 swings and only three whiffs. I always say this, foul balls either take away from either whiffs or they take away from balls in play. And we know that Yuri Perez's can be uh, whiffs more than balls in play, so it's just really frustrating. Good job on the Mets for fighting that off, but it's just a weird night with those foul balls. Uh, Bobby Miller against the Tigers, six innings, two hundred runs, three hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Uh, you love to see it for Bobby Miller. The slider still needs work, um, and his curveball actually had an off night, and his, his changeup had a sub-50% strike rate. This was really just fastballs doing everything. It's nice to see that. He has elite velocity, and this is why uh, you, know, you have a larger margin for error with throwing uh, Bobby 100 and 100 miles per hour. It was also against the Tigers, so blame it on the Tigers a bit here, too. I will take it. This is not the prime Bobby Miller, and... Off-season Bobby Miller, I want to hear everything about his slider. I just want that slider to become a bigger thing for him. Um, and hopefully I can find out some information on that. But uh, that's going to be the main focus for me for next year with Bobby Miller. It's I'll talk more about him later. I love the development of the curveball for the most part. Um, I just have some questions about that slider. If that slider does take over, then I think there's something really nice here. George Kirby could is kind of the same mold of Bobby Miller, if you can believe it. A little different. George Kirby really goes through uh, lineups with his four-seamer, right? And the slider has been better this year. It's been a good complement. It's not 
the most consistent, overwhelming compliment. There are sometimes I see some incredible sliders from George Kirby, and other times it's just like, okay, this was seven innings, 300 runs, eight hits, zero walks, three Ks against the Oakland Athletics. And that just isn't everything. Like, it's not, it's fine. It's a very George Kirby, Holly slash Toby start. And I want him to be something huge next year. And I actually think that people are going to be aggressive on George Kirby taking the next step. And I think in the past, my um, hesitation to lean in on guys developing the next year has hurt me. I essentially say, look, he's already at this point and I want to stay. And that falls. While those that are at a point that could theoretically take a next step and have a good floor are the ones that generally actually are the values in drafts. However... If George Kirby's going inside the top 15, I think that's too much of an ask. I would honestly like to have George Kirby ranked around the same place I did this year, which is around 25 or so, because it is a very good floor, and if he does get that slider working, then yeah, he could become a top 10, top 15 guy, but he's not there now. He's not there now because he's not going to be a 24, 25% strikeout guy, uh, unless he gets that slider really working and is more consistent with that fastball upstairs, so... Maybe maybe they go hand in hand here. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of discussions about Kirby and also Logan Gilbert and stuff again in this offseason. I do love their floors, and I'm very happy having them on all my teams. I'll put it that way. Uh, Logan Webb against the Diamondbacks. Six innings, 300 runs, nine hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. Very, very, very poor quality start because we added a V for every base runner over nine hits in six innings and 300 runs. It's pretty funny. But what's not funny is those results because if you're not in a quality start league, all you got is four Ks and you got bad ratios. Come on, this is the Diamondbacks. Oh, what do you know? The slider, oh, went away. Two over 22 whiffs on that slider for Webb. No, no. I wanted to go into the offseason feeling like Webb had this new slider and everything's great. No. Ah, <sighs> Yeah, this is, uh, this is a worse George Kirby to me, right? Because it doesn't ha- he doesn't have that ceiling, that more tangible one of the other guys. It is good. Again, like those... It's a solid play. He's a Holly at best. He's not an ace, Logan Webb. And that's just kind of how it is. Now you have a really tough call, by the way, Logan Webb, where it's the Padres and the Dodgers up next. I think I'm doing it against the Padres. The Dodgers is tough. So that's good luck. Good luck. Lucas Giolito against the Royals. He allowed a home three-run shot. It was so annoying. And that was really it. Uh, It was 5.1 innings of three and runs, seven hits, three walks, and six Ks. Obviously, you know, 10 base runners. So it wasn't just that. Uh, his changeup needs to do better than four out of 45 whiffs. I do actually like the whole approach. Like, I think Giolito, I don't know. There's something about Giolito to me that is, if it, I watch him pitch and everything, and I feel like, yeah, he should be doing better. Sure, he makes some mistakes and they get punished, but it just, it feels like he should be doing way better um, in this second half than he has been. It could be something about, like, mental focus, just not being completely locked in for the entirety of the game because of just all the moving around and situations and everything like that is just kind of... And when we say, like, mentally, guys are not as at their peaks, it's not about through the entire game. It's actually just pitch by pitch, if that makes sense. Like, you're still going to have some great moments. It's just not as consistent. So it makes sense. I think Lucas Giolito is going to be someone I target this offseason. Anyway, if I have him on my teams, I'm going to just keep starting him, you know, Against the Royals next. That's all good. Uh, Zach Thompson against the Brewers. Five innings, four and runs, five hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. Yeah, uh, he was down over two ticks on everything here. I just can't chase this right now. Uh, I am very interested for next year to see like spring training Zach Thompson. If he's looking great and fighting for uh, a spot and stuff. Like, um, I'm interested, but uh, yeah, no. 
I can't I can't do this right now without lower velocity. Bryce Elder against the Phillies. Well, yeah, it's against the Phillies, and now he gets the Cubs next. Like, you don't start Bryce Elder against good teams. Five walks, by the way, is also a showcase of something else going on. So, nope. John Gray, when he's cold, he's cold, and he's been cold now for two starts before this. So he said no, and this was even hosting the Red Sox was terrible, too. Not doing that. Joey Estes uh, made his debut against the Mariners for Oakland. And I like to see that they've been thrown for 90 pitches. I was expecting one of those three inning games that the Oakland Athletics have been doing. He didn't have the same command that we saw in AAA from him. But I understand that it's his MLB debut. There may be something actually decent uh, in this, you know, moving forward now that he has 90 pitches. Uh, I don't know. It, it's not the worst, like, dart throw play because no one knows who Joey Estes is. It's something to think about. Uh, it's decent matchups actually down the, the year, I believe. Uh, he could be getting uh, the Tigers next. Actually, let me. I didn't even really consider this. No, it would be the, the Twins if uh, if they were to continue with Estes. I don't know what the heck the Athletics are doing. So monitor that for next week. There is an outside chance for very deep leagues like AL onlys. Maybe Estes could be that guy. Justin Steele, I think he's getting fatigued, guys. Three innings, 600 runs, eight hits, zero walks, six Ks. His command has gotten worse over the last month. I think these pitches are just not as good and competitive. And it's one of those situations where it was weird when he was having success. And those pitches that I thought would get hurt before or punished are now actually getting punished even against the, the Pirates. He's up next against Atlanta. I think he's fatigued. I think this isn't it. Uh, I, I really don't think this is it. Welcome to September baseball. I think you got to drop Justin Steele. I know it's crazy. I gave Mason's going to ace like three weeks ago or something. And like, that is just how it is. Welcome. Uh, Aaron Savali against the Angels. Uh, three innings, six earned runs, seven hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. Uh, nice to see the strikeouts. The, uh, the command let him down. And this is just how it is sometimes with Aaron Savali. Like... Baseball, welcome. Uh, Mitch Keller against the uh, the Cubs. Uh, he's been on a roll and he didn't do well here, but I don't really think he pitched that differently. Uh, so he gets the Phillies next and you're not going to do that. And honestly, that's it for Mitch Keller. So we'll talk about him more in the offseason, but I think you drop him now. And Brian Bayo against the Rangers. The last start was 10 strikeouts with his sinker and his changeup. And we didn't really see anything exceptional there outside of those two pitches. Like those would be great, but we didn't see anything new from the four-seamer or the, the slider. So it didn't really stick out to me as something new for Bayo. This is a tough matchup inside of the range inside of Texas, I should say, against the Rangers. I mean, he earned runs in three innings. Like they shouldn't have let him out there for as long as he did. Four walks, like he was obviously not good. He'll get the raise next, and honestly, that should be fine. Uh, maybe he is fatigued. Maybe that's what's going on here too, though. I don't think so. He just had 10 strikeouts or whatever. I think this is just a bad game. And he should have that good start, I think, before the offseason comes. So don't really let this start phase you for that start against the Rays. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have, uh, leading off in the auto start, Garrett Cole and Tarek Skubal, uh, Zach Eflin, Grayson Rodriguez, Jose Barrios, and Max Freed. Max Freed again at the bottom of this because of the hot spot on his finger. I think he's going to be a little bit more limited than the other guys. Probable start here, you have Kyle Hendricks and Ranger Suarez. Pretty obvious there. Uh, Ranger Suarez is locked in, and you want to do that against the Mets. Questionable start to your stream pick of the day is Griffin Canning against the Rays. It's a good strikeout play there. Um, Wade Miley against the Cardinals. Emmett Sheehan against the Giants. I don't know how long this is going to be. It might actually be Ryan Yarbrough following here, and that actually might be the pickup to make as he might be there at the end of the fourth or, or in the fifth as they are apparently going to piggyback based on left-handed matchups. If the Dodgers are cruising... Uh, against Kyle Harrison, who's also in this tier, then imagine Abbott Sheen to be allowed to go through five. Uh, and 
Kyle Harrison, I don't know. He's a cherry bomb still, even though it's the Dodgers. If he's throwing enough strikes and doing good things with his fastball, like that could work out. Don't want to do it, but I, I get it as a desperate play. Yohan Aviedo's sandwich between Emmett Sheen and Kyle Harrison against the Cubs. Uh, you have David Peterson against Cherry Bomb there, by the way. And David Peterson said, good strikeout games, but I don't really buy that he's going to be able to do the 8 over 12 whiffs on the slider, nor the same whiffs on his four-seamer. And they were not repeated in back-to-back games. So was, there's no stickiness there. I don't really think this is a start you want to make. And the do not start here. You have Luis Medina against the Tigers, which I understand because it's the Tigers, but... Yeah, I just don't think Medina's doing enough. And also, how long is he going to be? Is he going to be an opener? Is it not? I don't know. I don't want to deal with it. Miles Michaelis against the Brewers. No, thank you. It's Miles Michaelis. Who cares? Hunter Gaddis is now starting instead of Xavier Curry. And that's against the Orioles. And I just don't know how long is he going to go. I don't want to chase that. And then Jake Irvin gets Atlanta. And that's already just not worth your time. And then throwing Atlanta. Like, no. Tyler Glasnow, Pablo Lopez, Corbin Burns, Framber Valdez, all auto starts tomorrow. Carlos Rodon after 19 strikeouts in two games. Yeah, he's a Tyler probable start. Cole Raggins, I am doing it against the Astros. He looks so good. And just hope, I just hope that uh, they uh, pull him out in time in this one uh, against the Astros. Uh, Chris Bassett, you start him regardless of opponent. He goes up gets a raise. Soria Gibson Long is still streamable. 6% rostered in ESPN leagues. Even though it's 20% in 26% in Yahoo, I can stream him. That's against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, we're obviously doing that one. Chris Sales, slider is so good and gets the White Sox. Charlie Morin against the Nationals. It's the Nationals. Dean Kramer against Cleveland. Yeah, Brandon fought against the Yankees. I think his sweeper can do good things against the Yankees who are bad against uh, bad against sliders. You have Jameson Tyone against the Rockies for Rocky Road as well. I think Jameson Tyone is in an interesting spot where his approach is great. And I think he's finally getting that confidence that he needs to have in what he's doing. Um, so I'm really excited about this. I think actually the Cubs are being silly for even suggesting that they should skip over Tyone or not. I think that's ridiculous. They pushed them back for whatever reason. I think this is, uh, you know, you're going to probably see some weird things with the Cubs about like certain matchups of different pitchers against this. They want to avoid this guy versus this team, that kind of thing. Jameson Tyone against the Rockies in Rocky Road, I think is going to be a really good one for him. Questionable start here. You have Andrew Abbott against the Pirates. Uh, he's a cherry bomb at this point, even against the Pirates. Unfortunately, not a Toby anymore. Uh, Bryce Miller against the Rangers. Hopefully, the four-seamer and cutter are there. Uh, Shane Bieber's making his return to the mound. It was 64 pitches in AAA, about 91 miles per hour, decent slider, all that. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get here. 75 pitches against the Orioles? Uh, it's, it's still ill. I don't really want to chase that. But then again, Dane Dunning against the Mariners, I don't want to do. And Tywin Walker. With his lower velocity and uh, underwhelming secondaries against the Mets. Oh, boy. And the do not start here is terrible. Tyler McGill gets the Phillies. You have Dakota Hudson as a desperate quality start play against the Padres. Johnny Cueto against the Brewers. Chaminaya gets the Dodgers. Davis Daniel is making a start. I, I, like, I'm doing rabbit ears. That is uh, air quotes. Because he should be open for, I think. Uh, and that's for the Angels. You have no idea who he is. That's fine. Uh, maybe some decent stuff here with an elevated fastball, 93-94, not much vertical break, but curveballs for strikes, maybe a good slider. Not going to do it against the Twins. Uh, Matt Waldron, Joe Boyle, but he's not going to go long enough against the Tigers. Um, Tuki Dusan, Gavin Stone isn't going to go very long, I think, against the Giants, and probably not for the win. I don't. We'll see what the Dodgers do. Maybe that's a desperate, like, Vulture, if he has an opener for him. I don't know. Vulture would win, I should say. Trevor Williams never against Atlanta. Luis L. Ortiz against the uh, the Reds. No, thank you. And Noah Davis against the Cubs. All right, that is it for today. Whew! That was a long boy, but you deserve it. You're still here for playoff time. You guys are the best I seriously have the best community out there. Thank you all so much for your support through the season. I'm so excited to go over everything that we're going to do for the offseason and really start talking about 2024 very shortly. But 
I'm going to be here every single day helping you guys out. That is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babs be low and your strikeouts high.